Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Peep it. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am your host, Nate, and joining me from his own personal snow fort is the bumble to my Cornelius, John Visworm. John, how is your shoveling form lately? Nate, it's strong to quite strong, I would say. Um, it's 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 never ending, man. It's it's every time I look outside, it's another inch or two to ten that I have to move manually <laughs> off my property. But I'm actually like the the dork who took a a tape measure to the end of my driveway just to just kind of loosely see how high the snow bank was. And it was just above six feet. That's perfect snow fort height, man. You got to start digging in there and building a little hole for for Gus. Yeah, but all it does is then lead to like my neighbor's yard where his dog pees and shits. So oh. it's like, what well, you know, like I, I don't need I don't need a snow fort for my kid who already loves to eat snow, <laughs> no matter where he finds it, to go into a, a minefield of piss and fecal matter from that, their dog. That was my favorite part about. About snow, snow in the as a kid is like digging the the huge tunnels on those massive snow banks that the snowplows would leave behind. And yeah, you're right. You just sit in there and eat snow, just yeah. all by yourself in the quiet solitude of your snow fort, just grabbing handfuls of snow off the wall and eating it. Just think about this, Nate. If you would have uh, spent your time instead of doing that, maybe like playing soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Working on your touch? It's not like <laughs> it's not like I was doing that when I was like fourteen. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't judging. Uh, well, maybe uh, I I'm didn't. not. I'm not being an ageist. Nothing wrong with eating snow, man. So, anyways, <laughs> big time news has hit the airwaves this week. Uh, so we've got a real front to back city show for you all. Uh, the U23 schedule was revealed on Tuesday, so we want to walk you through that and get you ready for what is basically double the soccer this summer, which is awesome. Uh, we're deep into player signings, so John and I will profile the latest, newest announcement. But first, John, your interest has been piqued by some recent uh, DA style dis- or DA <coughs> discussions on uh, on the Twitter machine, has it not? It has, Nate. Uh, why don't you dive into it, and I will. Uh, you do such a good job of teeing me up yeah. to, to my my angrily rants. I'm, I didn't realize there was going to be an, an old granddad rant coming. But <laughs> so th- this week, the um, uh, the Minnesota United reporter for the Athletic and City uh, member board member Jeff Ro- Jeff Reuter posted or published an interview with Bill McGuire. Uh, who is, of course, the owner of Minnesota United. <coughs> in the article, the subject of the United Academy comes up. Um, really, the, the the interesting quote is that currently, uh, Minnesota United website lists uh, academy participation fee that is capped at 1500 for U15 players and 2000 for U13s and U14s. That's a pretty hefty fee for an academy. Um, and The article says, speaking to The Athletic earlier this winter, of course, Manny, your favorite, uh, disputed the idea that this made the Loons set up a pay-to-play operation. Um, But if you have to pay $2,000 in order to be on the DA, that is the definition of a pay-to-play operation. (laughs) I just want to note that real quick. Yep, just a quick side side note. And I guess Bill McGuire's quote was, one of the problems is not every kid can pay $2,500 to play in an organized unit. Are we going to forego all the opportunities of the sport because they can't be on the team? No, we have to make this available to everybody. And I'm going to say you're doing a bang-up job, Bill. Um, (laughs) But that set off an interesting discussion on Twitter that really led to the club uh, Minneapolis City, that is, taking an interesting stance that got me thinking. So, John, you know Ted um, Croton from the Stegman's International's days, right? 
Yeah. And I follow his free play model of um, Soccer Club Joy, the people on Twitter, because Olin plays there for free play, plays there and plays with them in the summer and stuff. So Ted um, slash the Joy of the People account jumps into this conversation. Just salivating. Tweets. Like a, yeah. like a, like a dog waiting for a tennis he ball to loves, be thrown. He loves the analytics of it all. He loves the philosophy and the, like the literal like theory behind his free play model. So he tweets at Jeff Reuter um, with some analytics. He's got this graph. That shows that almost half of the U13 to U15 Academy, Minnesota United Academy kids were born January to March. And he says that United's chance of producing professionals from um, from their academy is heavily reliant on January birth dates. And that reveals they'll struggle to develop pro products. Um, it's not about market size, which Bill McGuire notes in the article. Um, really, it's that United are looking for the wrong things. And in a nutshell, what Ted's saying is that... Um, this January birthday problem is an indicator that the team has picked their kids, not necessarily because they're the best players, but because they're the most physically mature, which is not the formula for success once every kid is physically mature down the road, right? So I retweeted right. that and basically said, ha, imagine, I kind of like the, the laugh crying emojis and said, imagine paying 2500 a year from age 12 just to get cut from the United at 18. It feels to me well, like here- the ultimate scam, right? Well, here's the thing about so I have a January birthday, but I'm not like the kid held back, you know, that like waited a year, an extra year to play. Yeah. Um, because I have a January birthday, so there's there's some credence to, um, kids that were born earlier on in the year because of their their exposure to actual athletic movement at, like at an earlier age than kids that are born later in the year. Like that, it's actually just. Sports science. I looked it up because I saw some stat that was similar to this a mm-hmm. long time ago that was like – it was something like like 35% of um, – 35% of professionals in – I believe it was it, it was uh, in Spain um, at the high level were born in January and February. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm a January birthday. I'll go play in Spain. <laughs> you know, like interesting, yeah. but but so part of it has to do with their part of it is people will hold their kids back a year because they're like, oh well, I want my kid to be bigger, faster, stronger, and then but other the other thing is like the science behind it where kids are just exposed to more life experiences than a kid born in December of that year. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that, and that's the thing is, uh, you know, now that youth soccer has you has moved to the calendar year system, right? It's not about, it's about, you know, if you're born, if you're in 06, you are born from January of 06 to December of 06. It's not, it's not school year anymore, like when, like when you were growing up. Um, so mm-hmm. there really is something, something to that. Although, like, as we've found, you're as tall as me. It doesn't matter how old you get or when you were born. You can always get caught up to by some of these people, right? Um, as right. you grow up, but really, but in you're the, but in you're the, right. In the course of this discussion, the club reply the club Minneapolis City replies to one of my tweets and says, "Academies are a lucrative lie for clubs pre U sixteen." I want to get your thoughts on that because that's an interesting take from um, someone who I'm assuming run, runs that Twitter account named Dan Hudeman. <laughs> um, so. Basically, um, from a perspective of academies, like we're not in that business, so it's tough for us to be um, to align with that, right? Like we're we're exploring a U nineteen team as basically our academy team. You know, we're built uh, on the premise of adult men's soccer, yeah. And so when we we start talking about academy pieces, um, you 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 have to then take out you know what our view as a club is and and sprinkle in a little bit more of your personal view i guess so a little bit of that shine through from our response as a club <laughs> um but in general like over my time whether it was playing youth soccer or being connected to youth soccer um i i just didn't ever see the need to um to focus on putting all of the best players into one bucket and then having them trot around and play people. Yeah. Um, and, and the cost at which comes with that is, is very high for a couple different reasons. I mean, 
organically you'll get those those club teams that uh, back in the day where um, like actually our the team that Stegman came was our coach and we came from there was just something in the water in our area and our like local youth club just had all the players within a two-year range that were really good at soccer right um, but as I grew older like because of my 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 skill level increasing as I got older I was shepherded into the pre kind of da teams before there was a da um you know where we were we were sending tournament teams to places like indianapolis for the weekend to play against teams from chicago and from milwaukee and you know and from and from michigan so i, I was part of this so i don't want to speak that I, uh too ill about it but when it comes to the pay the pay model for that um I think you're right in saying like, how can you really charge someone X amount of dollars when they're 12 um, and then expect that to be a reoccurring thing that just had like a, a subscription almost until yeah. they hit 18 and be like, you're not good enough anymore. Like you're going to catch flack for that, but that's just the, 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 the gravity of the situation where in, in America, the DAs are highest level of youth soccer. So which is people yeah. are, people are going to, going to be shepherded there because of their skills and also their ability to pay for it. Totally. But when you look at other MLS teams, their academies are free. So interesting. Yeah. Like not all academies are pay for play. Well, um, and the ones in Europe generally um, aren't to our level either. Right. Um, no, they pay you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's, yeah, a, you get, it's, it's a thing that like you look at, think about like Ajax, which has one of the most successful academy systems in Europe. They've got all these kids that come up through their system. I think they've got one of the youngest starting lineups in the, in the, um, in their league and in Europe in general. And it's all because they're developing those kids from, from, you know, 16 and up, but still in general, as you look at these kids, you say you look at Modric or Shakiri or any of these, anyone that has came up in a, in a European system, um, in a European academy, they really didn't join or glom onto their academy that gave them their break until they were like 18, 19 years old. It's really rare to find someone like Aaron Ramsey who was with their club for, you know, since U11. I mean, or like you look at the guys from like the class of '92 yeah. at United, like that. Yeah, gone are those days. And and I think the reason why you get that in Europe is it's not that way anymore. Is because there's a market now to base not buy and sell youth talent. I mean, technically, yes, you're speculating on it, right? There, yeah, it's yeah, it's almost like playing the lottery. You're mm -hmm. buying the ticket, and then if it doesn't hit, then you buy another ticket. Yeah. So the age at which the ticket is being purchased is lowering every year as kids are becoming more advanced at younger ages. So, you know, it, it's tough to have that anymore, but I think in the United States, there's just so many more players at the youth level that, um, the pay for play model in some way or another weeds out the people who, um, who just aren't serious about it. Yeah. But on the other side of that coin, it alienates the people who are absolutely tailor-made for that experience, but can't afford it. Yeah. So it also, the one thing that we haven't touched on yet is the cost for coaching has, has increased. So you're, you're looking at people who are professional coaches and they're coaching 12, 13, 14 year olds, right? Like that their, their job is to be a coach. Back in the day, it was more of like an old German dude who used to play at the club who is now <laughs> donating his time to coach kids. Living in the shed. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 he's mowing the, the, the game field yep. during the day and then coaching a youth team at night and then having a couple pops at the bar before he goes home. And that's his day. That's you know, like, so you would get that. You, you didn't get that influx of increased payment for playing until you had to pay for quality trainers. So then you throw into there the need to have USSF licensing into that. Yep. So the, the coaches or the clubs have to pay to get these, these coaches certified to the level that there's that they, they desire. And it, there's just a lot of currency and transactions and cash changing hands in, uh, to get coaches certified and to get quality coaches because gone are the days where a parent could be coaching a, a U18 team, right? Like yeah, that's just that not going to fly. Yeah. Like it, it may be like 
you know, a, a parent who has uh, a kid like, like Ted, like he could be coaching uh, a U18 team with his kid on it, but he's not just going to be rando parent in charge of right, right. a soccer team. I mean, so, this is the guy that was running the Blackhawks organization for, for some time. He can do it. I will not be able to. Right. And and it's not to say anything against your coaching abilities, but it's it's just a different game now. The very competitive. Na- yeah. <laughs> the, the competitive nature of youth soccer is is – is increasing to a point where development and player identification is going by the wayside. Yeah. And that's, that ladders up into why our national teams don't succeed at the, at the highest level. I think because, oops, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's a really key point to make is that this, this level of competition is starting to seep into lower and lower age groups to the point where I think Dan on Twitter this weekend had an anecdote that like, his kids, the other parents at his kids' U6, like, little kickers were starting to talk to him about, like, what his, you know, what his kids' plan is and what the approach is and if, if they're doing the right thing. And I'm like, if you're in your own head at, you know, as a father of a six-year-old as to whether or not you're preparing him correctly to to be successful in soccer, you already lost. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, you might as well just start burning hundred dollar bills. You're already on fire. focusing on the wrong thing, right? Exactly, and it's funny because I I was I was talking to Dan uh, later in the day after he he mentioned that on Twitter, and I said like, I said, well, you know, you should do what I did. So I a little quick side story. So I was back home in Wisconsin, uh, staying with some family, and my niece only came in town on a Friday night. Um, you know, before pretty late but before i mean she's she's 11 um she was like oh uncle john uh i have a soccer game tomorrow do you want to come and i was like yeah absolutely like i'll 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 come you know with with you guys so i'm just standing there like talking to my brother-in-law and he's leans over and he's talking to the person on the other side so then i'm just randomly by these parents and this guy just starts like going on about like the formation these kids are running and all this stuff and i and I, I'm not saying anything to him because I have zero dog in the in the in the font, you know. Like yeah. I really don't care. I'm kind of hungover from the night before. I'm really just there to support my niece, and like I just like being around soccer. So whatever. I'm just standing there. So he leans over to me and he's just like complaining about stuff, and and then he's like, "Well, which kid's yours?" And I was like, "Oh, well, my, it's I'm just here visiting. My niece is playing." And he's like, "Yeah, you know, like." He just starts telling me all about like his philosophy on soccer and like I just casually ask him like so like did you play and he's like oh no I you know I, I was a I was a football you know American football guy growing up but I I'm really starting to get into soccer and and he's like well you know if uh, if if you're if you're you know your brother-in-law and sister-in-law are interested you know I can I can send them some uh, some some information on supplemental training tactics and and things that that their daughter can do to get better and I was like, oh yeah, sure. And he and I was like, well, why, why don't uh, why don't you just send me an email? And then I handed him my Minneapolis City business card. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking fool! Get out of my yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. Needless to say, that guy did not email me. No. But I was like, Dan, why don't you just carry a stack of like two or three of those? That's and when a, a U six parent U six parent starts telling you about what you should be doing, just hand it to him and then you know be nice about it. But I mean, like, it just. Uh, to, to kind of close the gap on this or the loop on this conversation, I don't think that you're ever going to get rid of the pay for play model. And I actually don't think that soccer should ultimately be free always. Right. Um, I think there's a point in time, like when I talked about the whole paying for the trainer aspect of it, like you have to reward the people who are training your kids, Yeah. but it should not be the, the, the gate that shuts for people who from who six to 16, if right. you don't have the money to participate in something like that, if you don't have supplementally fifteen hundred, you know, all the way up to two thousand a year, like, sorry, your well, kid can't I'll, play. Each right. I, I mean, I'll give a good example of like when I played with the Bavarians as a youth. Um, you know, there were club club dues nowhere near twenty five hundred dollars. Right. Um, but there were club dues. There were some families from from you know more underserved communities that they're like my teammates. They 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 were awesome soccer players and and one of them went on to be uh to do really good things in the game domestically and played a little bit abroad and um his family couldn't afford the the fees and it wasn't where then the club went to 
the rest of the parents who were like, well, you got to make this money. So why don't you guys foot, foot the bill for these other kids? Um, they offered opportunities for those families to volunteer their time to help out at, with the club and other aspects in order for their child to be able to participate in, in the pay for play model essentially. So, that's the kind of things yeah. that I'm talking about. Like, don't close the gate. Like, let the gate swing a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And and allow people there to, to to have a have a way in, but maybe not necessarily always tied to financials. As we know in soccer at this level or youth level, volunteering time is almost more valuable than writing a check. Absolutely. Like people will write a check so they don't have to volunteer if they can. <laughs> so like in in our I mean I'll give I'll give one more example. Like in our case for um for our players, that's where we use some of our sponsorship dollars mm-hmm. is to cover like a college kid who can't afford to pay. I mean we don't have high fees like that, but we have a, a little bit of a fee to help cover some things because we're a non for profit, right? Yep. But we offer those players other ways to get around that. Like some, you know, maybe there's season ticket referral plans where if they can get a few of their family members or their friends to buy a season ticket, then we, we reduce their rate, things along those lines, or some guys volunteer more community service hours. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like we just have to start thinking about that, but I don't think Bill McGuire or Manny Lagos or, Anyone connected to MLS who has a DA is thinking about how they can get a kid from an area that can't afford uh, to pay that. Right. That's really good. Uh, they're not thinking of ways where his parents can volunteer with the club. Yeah, I think the last organization that's thinking about how to improve access to the game for the for the entire country is the MLS. But um, so I think really knowing this, knowing Minneapolis City's take on this, that academies are a lucrative lie for pre U sixteen. This is kind of a, a, a signal for anyone who's who out there who might have hopes one day of the kind of organization that city will grow to be, that it will maybe expand to include a youth academy. I think there's your answer, right? Um, mm-hmm. Philosophically, it's just not something that, that the club is aligned with. Thus, like you mentioned, the approach of, of building from the top down with U23s, adding the U19s, that sort of thing. That like That's where the real heat is. That's where the, the talent starts to emerge and that's where we want to start looking right exactly i mean i i i can't i can't stress enough that like our top-down model is not successful for everyone but the reason why our pyramid is growing from the top down instead of from the ground up is because we're identifying that there's consistently more talent that's coming to us at a younger age yep so we have to create the space for them. So that's why our pyramid is growing down. Um, and that's just how we work and it's not for everybody and bottom up isn't for us. So there, there we go. The team, um, continues their trickle of player announcements this week. I think it's coming, coming slow and steady and we're waiting for the floodgates to open. But for now we've got another name that any city fan is going to be excited for. Yes, we do, Nate, and that is Mr. Will Kidd because Will Kidd is on fire and your defense is terrified. Uh, as we learned a few weeks back on the show, I think the citizens should be brushing up on that song for the summer. Uh, but anyways, yes. <laughs> we've, had the lu- we've had the luxury to have Will with our club since year one. Um, and actually to note, Will was an uh, open trial participant If uh, for all of you open trialists out there listening. Um, when we announce our next open trial, which we will be able to announce next week. Um, But he's been with us since year one. And, you know, not just watching him grow as a player, but as a person over these few years has been awesome. Um, And we've just benefited from his successes that he's, he's had throughout that growth period, Um, you know, which included him going on, total beast mode last year on the NPSL uh, and being uh, named all conference and then ultimately all Midwest region Mm -hmm. over his time with city. He is logged just under 3000 minutes with 2839 minutes. And he is the all time club leader in goals with 11 and uh, all time club leader in assists with eight. And here's a shocking stat. Only one yellow card, Nate. That's, that's pretty good considering he, he, he ramped up his physicality last year. Well, and considering that it came after he was just thrown into the parking lot by a guy from Twin Stars last year. <laughs> so uh, so basically they gave both of them a yellow card, even That's though right. he's the one that, that took it. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
I'll let you dive in. And Excellent I'll, signing, obviously. Hope I'm glad, yeah. super glad he can come back. Um, every consecutive year that Will has played for Minneapolis City, he has elevated his game to the next level. Right, last summer his goal, we, as we talked to him, I had an interview after that Twin Stars game, um, and he kind of stated in in a number of conversations that I had with him that his goal was to be more of a leader and bring that added level of passion to his game to prepare himself for his senior season at St. Thomas by mm-hmm. you know grabbing on that more front and center role with the Crows. And once he grabbed onto that role, man, he did not let go. Because um, you fast forward, and all of a sudden he's the captain of the Tommies, returning to us after raking in almost every accolade that the school could bestow upon him. All conference, all region, D3 All-American, academic all-conference. And then he was named MVP by um, his Tommy soccer teammates. So the question that I'm excited to see answered this coming season is, what now is Will's next level, right? What will he show us this season, especially when he's paired up with some familiar faces that we might still um, have to announce this this spring? I think his, so his next level for me, it, it, it's kind of hard to answer that question because uh, you just don't know with a player like Will what his next level could be. Yeah. Um, I think you, like we mentioned, he got more vocal. He, you know, he led by example. Um, and I, I, I said, you know, beast mode where, where I joked with him every, every week after a game where I'd take a picture of one of the defenders and I'd text it to him and tell him to put it on his summer 2018 calendar <laughs> <laughs> of, of guys that he owned. Yep. Um, so, or no, on his poster that he posterized yep. those guys. But, um, I think that. From a perspective of the position that Will's in, where he's deployed out wide, um, you know, he does a lot of the dirty work on the defensive end, which is awesome for a winger, but he also takes guys on. Um, and I think that the next step for him with with soccer is completely being a, a game changer to where he can just take over a match single-handedly. And I, I say that with, with an example. So if you remember in year one with, with us, um, when when Goose was fearless and he was basically he'd get the ball and you'd have to draw two, two defenders, maybe sometimes three on him or just completely blow him apart to foul him to stop him. Mm-hmm. Um, like teams were not ready for that because they didn't know who he was. Fast forward a few years, teams could scheme for him. But I think that now Will needs to take his game to a level where he can, he becomes more of a marked man mm-hmm. and he draws more attention. And then what he can do with the ball and with his movement off the ball to to use their tactics of, of, of focusing on him to create better chances for his teammates. Interesting. And then obviously finishing all of his chances, right. Or a higher rate of chances. So yeah. I think, I think that's the only next step for him is how can he single-handedly take over a game outside of just working hard? What's funny is that this is, you know, the second season, the second off season in a row where we've been excited about this excited about a Tommy joining after his senior season. And last mm-hmm. year it was Shay who never was able to make it work. Um, this year it's our old friend, Will, who I would say is probably proven more, a little more proven uh, as a, as a great addition to our team than, than Shay, than Shay was at the time. Shay was definitely, we were, we could only speculate what he would do in the NPSL, but mm-hmm. we knew what he could do with the Tommies. Now with, with Will, it's like, we know what we're getting and we're getting, a pretty kick-ass player. Hopefully people are really excited for Will Kidd, Will Kidd to return. Yeah, I think you, you kind of nailed it. I mean, unfortunately with Shea, like your day job takes over once you graduate and that sucks. But um, but I think with Will, it's like, man, like Bradley did not know what they had in Will Kidd. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't even – I mean, honestly, with with all due respect to St. Thomas, I don't think they knew what they had in Will Kidd either. Not at first. Um, I mean, even last year in his senior year, I think deploying him as a center midfielder is it's that's not how you win games with with Will Kidd. Yeah. You know, like, yes, he can play there and he's going to do a good job because he's a hard worker and and he's good at soccer. But you should scheme around uh, around a guy like Will with having a player who can play center mid so Will can be an attacker. 
Um, and we we do scheme around that, Nate, and I'm excited to see what Will Kidd can do next year and just super glad to have him around. Now that he's not uh, in college anymore, well, he's not playing college soccer anymore, he's able to participate more in our spring our, our, our preseason. Yeah. So I get to see him once a week, and he's, <laughs> he's always got something funny to say. <laughs> and uh, I just like having him around. I don't know what I'm going to do one day when he's not there. It's going to be sad. <laughs> So, we also had some news come out, Nate. All winter, we've been behind the scenes, we meaning myself and the other members of the front office staff, working on uh, a super top secret, yet super hard to put together, U23 game schedule. And on this show, you and I continuously teasing bonus soccer for members to enjoy. It's coming, it's coming. And now, finally, I can come to you the people with the entire schedule in all its glory today more soccer for you friends to snack on so let me run let me run it down a little bit and i'll dive into it and then i'll let you provide some uh, some thoughts yeah. so may 25th 7 p.m away at the upsl union dubuque in iowa june 2nd 7 p.m at home against usl2 side the green bay voyagers uh, the affiliate, the USL two affiliate of Madison Forward and of the Minnesota United. Ooh. <clears throat> June eighth, seven p.m. away at everybody's favorite bug eaters, the Nebraska buddy bug eaters. Uh, I don't know what league they're in, but they were in the UPSL. So, um, June tenth, seven p.m. away, USL two Green Bay Voyagers again. So we go, we do a home and a, a home and a home with them. Yep. June fifteenth, seven p.m. against Baraya FC. If you remember from last year. Uh, Baraya um, is uh, a team we played um, in our first season, and I'll get into them in a little bit. Uh, June 26, 7 p.m., away at Rochester FC of the UPSL. Brand new UPSL team, uh, Mithat Mujicic, who was the captain of Med City Med for City, the past yeah. two seasons. This is his new outfit that he's starting in in, um, in Rochester. Sweet. June 29, 3 p.m., away at the Des Moines Wanderers of the UPSL. This is the... Um, the startup that is going to take the model of the menace, but at a less um, U23 age focus. So you're going to have a little bit of older players um, that uh, are coming through that Des Moines outfit. Um, July 6, 7 p.m. away at Hayward United of uh, in Wisconsin, of a brand new team out of the UPSL. July 10th, 6.30 p.m., home against everyone's favorite club, Stegman 77s. Got to obviously always have a Stegman's game in there. Yeah. Um, uh, July 13th, 4 p.m., neutral site match against the Milwaukee Bavarians U23s. Early indicators are it'll probably be in the Wisconsin Dells again like it was last year. Sweet. I coached that team. We won 2 nothing. You guys can suck it. Sweet trip. <laughs> um, so uh, July 20th, 7 p.m., home against Rochester FC. So, again, the home and away there. Mm-hmm. July 26th, 7 p.m., at home against the Bug Eaters. Another home and away. And then we finish up with August 3rd, 7 p.m., versus the UPSL team from Union Dubuque we started the season with. So that'll be a nice bookend uh, series for us. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, Nate, still the potential for us to maybe squeeze in one, maybe two other matches that uh, that we could we could maybe put midweek. But a couple quick things to note. Um, in year one last year, the schedule was weak. And I'll admit that from an organizational perspective. It was weak and it was disorganized. And in our player kind of post-mortem end-of-season meetings, um, exit interviews, they told us we needed to level up. And I think that we did, Nate. Um, and I want to give yeah, credit sure. to, to Adam Pribble um, moving into the role of athletics. Who would have thought a guy who was an athletic director who schedules facilities and game schedules for all sorts of sports would be really good at putting together a, a roster for us? Oh, who, what a surprise. Yeah. yeah, who thought? So hats off to Adam for the work he did there. I'll only take credit for one of those games, and you probably can guess which one that is. Um, <laughs> uh, the group of games that we have slated for the U23s obviously is strong. And again, I'll give you some time to, to, to chime in here in a second. Sure. But um, I think that it's much harder because um, majority, I mean, most of these teams outside of Bavarians, Stegmans, and Beria 
are are playing in an equivalent to uh, on paper to what our NPSL team is playing in, if not stronger. Yeah. So, I mean, that in itself is something that should entice people to come out and watch, but also um, was a selling point that we had for when we signed our U23 players. Um, we have our familiar faces, the Bug Eaters, um, Stegman 77s, Bavarian U23s. I mentioned Baraya. For those of you who don't remember, Baraya is um, is a, a team that uh, hails from the um, the local African community, um, and uh, they they share the the likes of players like Eman, who played with us in the past, um, also uh, Garganayu, who played with Duluth in the past, um, as well as quite a few other uh, players who who moonlight with Baraya, but also play at a higher level. Mm-hmm. And um, and Martin Brown Jr. is and uh, and Whitney also are heavily involved with Baraya. So. Um, it's 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 a, it's another club that not quite as connected to us as Stegman's is, but another club that's connected to us through um, our affiliations with our players. Yeah. Um, then we have the new faces. We have Dubuque, Green Bay, Rochester, and Hayward. I think out of that, um, Green Bay is really the marquee matchup for this team th- this year, um, seeing that that is connected down the pipeline from an MLS team uh, when you think of the tiered system. Um, so, and we all know, actually, some of you may not know, but we're losing a few players, uh, from our, our NPSL team that will, and yeah, we've and kind a, of a, talked about that, that like, we're not going to re-sign everyone. Some people right. move on and that sort of thing. Right. Exactly. And, and some guys have moved on, um, to that team. So it'll be a little bit of a, uh, a homecoming, if you will, when, uh, when Green Bay comes into town, right. but their, their team is probably, going to be the strongest strongest if not one of the strongest that we're good that the the, the u23s will be playing yeah. um when you when you talk about dubuque um they were a mid-table team in a in a decent upsl conference last year and then rochester and hayward being new you kind of don't know what to expect there um as well as the des moines uh wanderers I, I expect them to be strong, um, but who knows until until the ball's rolling out. Another thing to note, Nate, is that there's more travel this year for the team. We only had a few away trips last year, and as we know, away trips bring all sorts of fun and hijinks and guys get nicknames. A lot of good bonding, but also a lot of, good lot, bonding. Of, lot, of, lot of bills to pay. Yep, a lot of bills to pay, and also my next point creates a lot of logistical challenges for the club. If you uh, if you were hearing some of those dates I'm throwing out, we're actually going to be having uh, some some coinciding away trips. So MPSL and U23s will be out of town or playing on the same dates. Maybe one in town, one out of town. Yeah, so, I was looking at the schedule. It's like some of these games are a day after our games, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing, and. That means the, so, the coaching staff has to be light on their feet. Right. And also our our logistical staff does. Yeah. So um, also wanted to mention, too, that more away games means more exposure for our brand outside of Minnesota. Um, we're we're well known in lower division soccer uh, across across the United States for one reason or another, mm-hmm. but also globally because of one reason or another. But to to have our club go and play games in other states against other teams is is one real good way to um, to not only um, put our money where our mouth is when it comes to uh, the talent that we put out, but also to um, be good guests and to um, you know travel well if if people are going to go watch those games um, and you know just just spread our brand all over the midwest is basically what i'm saying um and just to validate <laughs> yeah, that we're awesome. that we're a, we're a good group of folks and we we like to play good soccer and i think that's that kind of goes back to what the bavarians always do like we're going to respect you but we're going to play you we're going to play whoever anywhere and we don't care you know what i mean so i think um that'll be great and um, like I said, we're exploring more games, uh, but this is the base of the uh, the official schedule, and there could be some uh, some opportunity in there, as always, to uh, to toss in a game against a little known team uh, in in the area called the Minnesota United. Oh yeah, I've heard, heard of them. those guys. I, uh, yeah, but those aren't. That's definitely not going to be a game that will be available to the public. Um, you know, one day I hope for U twenty three, but I think 
this is the schedule that people are going to want to be planning the their viewing around. Right, exactly. So I did a lot of talking, Nate. Why don't you dive in <laughs> yeah. with your, your thoughts Well, here. I just I think this is awesome. I think 14 something like 13 14 games is pretty solid. My biggest um, my biggest question, John, is do we have any details as to the venue of these home games? There's a couple of so uh, <laughs> great question, Nate. Like I, like I didn't know it was coming, but I still have prob- I still have a problem answering it, right? Yep. <laughs> um, so it, it's not like a secret by any means, um, but it, it we know it won't be Osseo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's and, good, but it won't be Augsburg and, either, right? Uh, well, it may be Augsburg. I mean, there's some of those later games that uh, potentially we could could play at Augsburg, but um, probably not Augsburg. I think right now there's a couple leads that are out there. Um, a couple facilities. Um, one of them that's that kind of comes to top of mind is Northwestern um, Northwestern University here. That mm-hmm. they have a a really nice facility. Um, you know, Greg Wheaton, who's the head coach there, has got a really good relationship with our club. And yeah. So I, I think that could be one. But we're we're working really hard on on trying to excuse me lock that in. But a lot of the the dates and times that we have locked in with these teams coincide with a couple different venues that we've been looking at playing. Um, you know, we've looked at some high schools they too. They conflict so with stuff they already have going on. No, they do not. Oh, so great. It's, okay. It's but it, it's more of like, can we get all of them at one location? Right. Probably not. But either way, it's still fun. Right. Exactly. So we're 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 really trying to. Um, to close the gap in the growing pains that we have for this team. And I think number one was uh, last year, what we heard was training trading's awesome ability to get called up to the MPSL team visibly. there, awesome uh, games. Want, want like, yeah, we, I didn't, I didn't necessarily nice. come back home from school to play two, three men's league teams. Basically. And not to say that those men's league team games weren't strong, um, or like we played the sporting uh, St. Croix um, U19s, like U19s, and that was a good game. But still, yeah. it's like that's not they really could have they yeah. could have stayed with their club and done that anyway. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I think this so, is a, this is an awesome opportunity for these guys. Um, you know, there's there's something that there's something to be said about the the way that our younger players approach being a part of this club and the excitement that you can see. In when they're when they're on tour with the with the team, and I think that giving the U twenty three squad an opportunity to experience that all together only really builds on that brotherhood. Um, it's really 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 cool, and I like that baby whole, brotherhood, baby brother, the br- baby brotherhood. I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. <laughs> it's almost like I write for a living. <laughs> you don't. I know. <laughs> the um, I had a couple quick questions about these UPSL teams because is Des Moines and sure. in, in Hayward. And Rochester, they're all in the same. They're all they all in the same division. I believe so. Like I'd love to tell you yes, but I just don't know with the UPSL. Yeah, like I don't know how that's organized because the... like Bug Eaters, I know we got that. E- I got that email as a as a supporter and a member that their UPSL division was disbanded. So the Bug Eaters are, are homeless. I know that they they joined they joined a more regional league. Um, but I don't really recall what it is. Right. Um, but as far as like Des Moines and Dubuque, I, I honestly, I just don't know. Um, there may be, a, I mean, it's obviously they're playing in the Midwest division, but when you look at the Midwest division, like I find it real hard to believe that like the Croatians, Madison, Bavarians, um, who else was in that division? Yeah. They split um, it up because there's this, was whole, it Aurora? There's a, there's a whole Eastern side to that division too now too with, um, yeah, with a with Aurora, of course, but then there's like uh, the who are the Panthers or the Elgin, the Elgin, Elgin Pumas, Pumas, yeah. Elgin Pumas, yeah. And it's like who knows what happened to our old friends in the PLA. It's like the Wild West in the in the new UPSL. Well, Toledo, uh, they moved into the MPSL. Oh yeah, that was just, that was just announced. So so That's they're good. there. O- Oakland County, yep. I don't know what what's up with those fellas. Um, so I mean. I, honestly, I don't know where these teams go, but if you, if you think about it, like your Michigan, your Illinois, your Wisconsin is probably the East Division, I'm yep. guessing, and the West Division is Iowa, Minnesota, and then and portions of Wisconsin, Nebraska, Wisconsin, yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, oh, yeah that's true. So I, I really don't know. I know that was part of the reason why the Bug Eaters don't continue to play in the Because they don't want to drive all the way to Minnesota to play. Right, exactly. On a regular basis, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly, I don't. I wish I had an answer for you. What's the I don't situation know. with Hayward? Like, how I've never heard that. I didn't know that Hayward had a semi-pro team because that's not well, it, that's not a huge town in Wisconsin. It's not a huge town in Wisconsin, but it actually is a good soccer community. Um, huh. You know, knowing knowing what I know about Wisconsin soccer, it's um, it, it's the it's it's a youth club that's basically building uh, a. A, a team that they can feed into. So basically, I mean, I, I don't know a ton about them um, other than from a, a high school perspective, super awesome at American football. Like I think they have like a ton of championships. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the soccer community there has grown and they, they, after they developed an organized youth system beyond rec soccer, it grew very fast. And there's been quite a few very talented players that have come out of there. So I think that they're just, they just, they're seizing the opportunity. Like a lot of people are like the wild west of, Hey, I can start a semi pro soccer team. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And the UPSL doesn't charge that much. So I anticipate it's going to be a very young team, but a very young and talented team. Um, you know, it's not going to be the Green Bay Voyagers of the world, but it'll be um, – they'll be talented. They'll, they'll, they'll put out a good squad. Cool, man. Well, I think, like, when you take a look at this schedule, it's super exciting, and there's plenty of opportunity to see some games that will last well beyond the end of the NPSL season or at least the end of the NPSL um, regular season. You know, the U23s, as we've proven, are the next generation of Minneapolis City players, and there's already going to be some that are breaking through and joining the senior team. And I really encourage people to get out and watch the the, uh, the guys that are going to be breaking through next year and, and by the end of this this next season. Um, they're exciting They're exciting dudes. I like this a lot. I like, I like how many games there are. I hope to be able to announce a couple of them. Yes. Especially Nate, that home, could... especially that home, home against the Green Bay Voyagers. I really want to... I really want to be in the booth for that. I think it's we just call it the Steve Cup. It was. Did you just spoil something? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, it's, it's, it's not necessarily public, but it's not necessarily hidden knowledge. But I think that's what we just call it the Steve Cup. All right. I think that would be great. I think that would be great. <laughs> All right. So thus ends tonight's show. Thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. It's almost spring, which means it's just about Maybach time, my friends. Actually, it is Maybach time, my friends. Um, this sippable yet strong set of suds will quench your thirst while it helps you forget about the snow. Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give to the club it gives back. I don't know. It's tax season, so Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. If you're, <laughs> I got me, Nate. The closing got me. <laughs> you almost said it. <laughs> I, I missed. I missed. I missed a sentence there. Uh-huh. Look for us this summer playing with kids in parks uh, and community centers around the city, and consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. Nice. Okay, and we go, and we continue. Uh, the Minneapolis City MPSL and, as we know now, U23 schedules are out, and they are packed with goodness. Now people now is the right time to grab that membership the best deal in soccer for only eighty dollars you will get at least 10 mpsl home games not to mention all of those u23 games we just mentioned that are at home i believe seven would be that number someone can fact check me later yeah i went seven i figured seven because we probably get them get them into that uh that neutral location as well sure so seven seven u23 games a membership scarf and uh, the membership card that gets you deals on Summit Beer at the official game day bar, Palmer's. Visit mplscitysc.com today and make it happen. Send us email. It's easy. Hit us up yeah. on, or hit us up on Twitter. Um, Twitter is at People's Pitch or email is at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit up the club and complain to them about everything at MPLS City SC. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for this week, folks. Uh, we once again leave you with our house MC, Miles Stockman Willis, aka Milays. 
Uh, I am John. That is Nate. Get those memberships, friends. This summer is going to be packed. Fill the house and you got hoofed. See the real you, yeah, boo, I found you So don't ever frown when loneliness is around you I'ma show you that someone should crown you Not clown you, but pursue virtue would never hurt you Critical, in distance, touches digital Biblical, till death, love is unconditional Telling us we're a team and not two individuals For you I give my spleen, the spiritual and the physical Loving what is fragile isn't always fixable But I see what's invisible, see it affects visuals Grab my hand, hold it, we gon' think the unthinkable I promise we will float that our boat's unsinkable. I promise I'ma drown in you. Drown. Let you drown in me. me. Reveal the recipe. You I love to overfeed. I love it. Let's proceed slowly. Slow. Not go bad like moldy. No. Ravioli, rigatoni. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me. Please. Just tell me when you fall. Free. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still. Temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Temptation's about to give in, but I'm staying true. If I sin, may I be forgiven for a few. What we got to lose? You just gotta listen. Such a good girl. Just made a bad decision. One, one and done. She looking fine. Nothing missing. But got my hands tied like I'm the villain. Evil only swallows pride, but I'm sometimes kidding. Finger liquor kitty. After be the kitten. Cute shit. Kiss me softer than a baby's grip. New sense of high when she bites her lower lip. If she quit, make my heart skip, then snip. When we're together like ice cream mixed with some mint. Pepper, shawty had to rescue my respiratory. Just wants a man, who's a man that is mandatory. Only without her off the pad, like I never met with Dory. Help her write her story, take the qualms out her quarry. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Selfie timeless as the rolling. Always be my plus one. Shotty is my bogey. In it for the long haul, not for the trophy. Every day, feeling greater than Tony. Falling for her, and I think she falling for me too. Falling like two V's, make a double U. Type of dude to build you up and make the rubble move. Type of dude to have my phone out all in front of you. Only cause you got my back. Presence always sets the mood. Never starts any trouble without any proof. No problems if there was, make the puzzle poof. Lap it up. Goofballs, you should see the spoof. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me.